Drill to center, a base hit, and Buxton will score. Perea comes through, and the Twins are back in front. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. And welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you today on a Tuesday. The hit there by Carlos Correa. We're ready to talk some baseball here. Matt Spiegel, host of Beat the Street Podcast, and uh, of course, the host six seven with the score in Chicago. He's going to join us in a second. He's the host of Beat the Streak, a free uh, MLB play to game fantasy game. Lives online with the standalone app. The goal is to establish a virtual hitting streak longer than Joe DiMaggio's 56 game record. Choose one or two hitters a day. User goes 57 days in a row. You win $5.6 million. It's, no one's ever won this. It's, it's an incredible game to play, and it's fun to, to jump in on. And you listen to the podcast, Beat the Streak, leading the Beat the Streak game. Six, seven scores, Matt Spiegel. He's with us, and he hosts that podcast. Matt, welcome to the show. And, hello, uh, hello. How you doing, man? So tell, us, tell us about the podcast. How, how's that been so far this season? It's been so fun. Honestly, the best thing about it is – I feel like I am locked in on everything in MLB. Like the first thing I do every morning is check all the scores, scroll through video highlights, figure out what hitters got hits of consequence, who was a surprise getting hits, which guys that most people picked did get a hit. Like I'm locked in on offense and MLB and I'm locked in every single day. And by the end of doing the podcast every day, like nine or nine 30, I know how many games there are today. There's 16 games today, guys. It's a full slate with the doubleheader. I know who's pitching. I know that even though the Yankees have been super hot and they've won 10 in a row, I might want to stay away because Alec Manoa is a beast for Toronto. And Aaron Judge is 0 for 8 in his career. DJ LeMayu is 0 for 8 in his career. You know, so doing this is helping me get locked in. I feel kind of like I'm in junior high again, waking up and just scrolling through every box score. Or on a Sunday, look, oh, man, they just published the stats. Let me look at every single person's batting average. Except now, of course, we've got all the technology in the world. The MLB Play app is awesome, and I use it back to scroll through stuff. I'm having an absolute blast, and I hope listeners are too. Speaks, tell us about your approach when you're attacking each day, trying to figure out your guy for Beat the Streak. We have a list of starting pitchers that we find ways to fade, whether it's just picking on the money line or you doing the run line or whatever. Yes. Uh, do you look at, do you go against what you perceive to be a tough matchup, maybe a poor starting pitcher, Dallas Keuchel, and find hitters going against those pitchers? Do you look for guys that are, that are red hot? There aren't a ton of them with the lack of scoring that we're seeing. Do you look at the splits, all of the above? Uh, tell us about your process. All of it. But and and I get it more dialed in as we go. But this is, of course, a difficult thing. The first thing is the hitters that you want are high batting average, low on base percentage. So Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. But if he walks too much, it doesn't really help you out. He's actually been walking less this year because the lineup is so good and he can't pitch around him. But I mean, you mentioned Dallas Keuchel, Tim Anderson and Luis Robert, guys who swing a lot and swing early and are not going to walk, you know, that actually kind of helps you. So high batting average, low on base percentage is one thing. Leadoff hitter on the road buys you an extra plate appearance during the course of a given game. So I often look for guys at the top of the order on the road. But yes, I do look at matchups. But as you guys know, starting pitchers, I mean, Dylan Cease went into the seventh last night, yesterday. It's the first White Sox pitcher to go into the seventh. So starting pitcher only gets you so far. That said, yes, matchups for the starting pitcher. I, I find the biggest sample sizes I can 
for batters against that starting pitcher and try to figure it out. But every once in a while, I like to go deeper. All right, this guy throws a ton of four-seam fastballs. Who's the best against four-seam fastballs? Is it a lefty-righty matchup? Does that actually matter for this particular hitter? Or do, does he have reverse splits? So you can get lost in this stuff. One thing I've really been enjoying frankly, is looking not at hard contact, okay? Because that's your classic killers. And those guys are good to take your Vlad Guerrero's, your Aaron Judge's, your Giancarlo Stanton's, etc. I've been looking at medium contact because what's a little single that pops over the infield? What, you know, those kind of things. And you'd be surprised how many guys who are among your leaders in medium contact are hit machines. Guys like Whit Merrifield or J.P. Crawford in Seattle. You know, that that's my guy. I have a love affair with J.P. Crawford right now. He's on an 11-game hit streak and is one of my picks I gave out on the podcast today. So there's a million statistical ways to do it. But I'm not against, this guy seems hot. You know, I'm not yeah. against that. Like two days ago when Abreu didn't get a chance to hit for the White Sox it, with the bases loaded because he got hit by a pitch and they were down two with two outs in the ninth. I'm like, man, I know that dude. He's going to be pissed tomorrow. He's coming back. He's going to be pissed. And he got a hit yesterday. So that pick worked out. So, you know, it's the game. It's the classic mix of boots on the ground and noses in the binder, right? You can do it however you want. That's part of what makes it so fun. Matt, you mentioned the White Sox and, and Dylan Cease yesterday. We were just having a discussion before you came on about how to bet the White Sox right now. They are no longer the favorites to win the AL Central, which seems crazy and an overreaction to me after you know less than a month of play so far. What do you make of the White Sox right now? They've been banged up, tough start to the season, big favorite to win the division. I still think they will. We're trying to figure out, do we wait a few more weeks? Does the number get even better on the White Sox? What do you think about this team right now? I think they still will win the division. I have... Very little faith in them to make it to and or win the World Series because they have not improved in some of the most basic fundamental elements of defense and coaching in terms of defensive positioning. And I'm, I'm really down on their entire coaching staff other than pitching coach Ethan Katz. But their bats will bash. If you look at all the numbers that um, indicate bad luck and not just talking about like batting average of balls in play, but um, average exit velocity as a team. They're like third. I ran these numbers yesterday after the game, so I don't have last night's in there, but average exit velocity third, expected slugging percentage based on the contact. They're second. You know, stuff like that. They are pounding the ball. Hard hit contact rate. They're number three as of yesterday behind the Yankees and the Blue Jays. They're hitting the hell out of the ball. Fielders are doing a good job. The weather absolutely sucks. And the unfortunate thing is that the ball might be a little bit dead. It's uh, kind of inconsistent right now is the ball. So you got a lot of factors there, but I believe when the weather gets going, these guys will still keep popping. And the big thing about their offense, guys, is they're dead last in walks. I think they have 44 walks and 29th place has 52 walks. That was the number as of yesterday. It's outrageous. When they get Yohan Moncada back, that will change a little bit. When Yasmani Grandal gets a little more comfortable, that will change a little bit. Andrew Vaughn healthy will help that change a little bit. They need to be more patient. I wouldn't hit Luis Robert that high in the order. Frankly, him and TA, 1-2 is a dangerous thing because nobody takes pitches. But long answer, I think their offense will carry them to a division. So I would bet it. I don't, I don't know about the delay. That's where you guys come in. I mean, you guys are smarter than me on whether you should delay and might get better odds in two weeks. Uh, yes, I, that's a preview of what we're going to talk about today when, when I hop on your show. 
because <laughs> there is a brutal stretch for the White Sox in the beginning of June, sitting there waiting for them. Toronto, Tampa Bay, LA Dodgers. We might get a better number in about a month. And if you look at the Twins' upcoming schedule, it's a walk for a month. So I, yeah. I think they're gonna they're gonna stay in first place. Uh, how do you feel about this two gamer? Cubs Sox starts tonight. One of the sixteen games going on. Uh, does it lack a little juice, or uh, you, you're finding some opportunities, some angles with this matchup? God, you know, I'm I'm the wrong guy in terms of lacking juice, just because I love it. I live it every day. I'm going tomorrow. I don't care if it's 41 degrees and it's raining. I will be there. Um, I, I I think it's fun as hell because look, Joe, you and I know in, in terms of like how we've lived it on the day to day in this town, you can downplay it and say, Oh, it's, they're not real rivals, yada, yada. And then you go to work and the dude in the cubicle next to you is trash talking. You know, I mean, there's flags hanging from your neighbor's house and he's giving you the finger as he takes out the trash. I mean, it's real. It's just real. No matter how many opinions we might've tossed around about it or heard for years and years. So look, they're both nine and 13. Um, the Cubs are kind of face to face with their awkward reality. That's for sure. But Wrigley has magic to it, man. So it, it's still it's a lovely place to go. It's a great place to be. And it is why that they'll be able to attract free agents um, as soon as they're ready to really spend some big money again. And, and I think they will. But look, the Sox get up for those games and they're way, way better. What is it? It's Kopech tonight. And then tomorrow's Giolito and, and Hendricks. I think yep. Kopech and Drew Smiley tonight. White Sox sweep would be my uh, would be my prediction. Yeah, there's some good value on the White Sox. And I think it's only minus 136, which seems light considering it's smiling on the other side of lefty. Uh, Matt, what's been your impression of Seiya Suzuki uh, with the Cubs so far? You know, you mentioned they'll, they'll get free agents. They got him. A lot of teams wanted him. I mean, the, the Giants wanted him. The Mariners wanted him. Yes. He chose Chicago. And the one thing, I, he, he seemed to fall in love with the city from what I read because the Giants never got a chance to even pitch San Francisco. He went to Chicago and he's like, I'm never leaving. And so far, it looks like, you know, he's – more than ready to play at this level. It's been great. In terms of the sell job, um, Wrigley is powerful, and they're really good at this. They've been really good at this. Hendricks once told me about um, the Otani pitch that he was in on from the front office perspective. They used him to help craft it so he could explain some of the pitching infrastructure. I mean, they just... They're really smart. They're technologically interesting. The video production team gets involved. And David Ross is just a great personality and communicator. So I think all of that did play a role to get Suzuki. I'm incredibly impressed with him. He's a ball player in every facet. Man, I was watching him sprint from third on a sacrifice fly. And I'm like, look how efficient that running style is. Uh, look how attuned he was at the moment to... To break. This is not a normal rookie. He's going to win rookie of the year, but that's rigged, man. He's been one of the best players in the second best league in the in the world going on five seasons, and he's showing it. The arm is for real. The eye is obviously for real. That's what's been amazing, and the power is going to manifest. It's interesting to watch what seems to be the adjustment right now, and it's it's a good sign for him that the adjustment is this. They've all realized he's so patient, so sometimes they're attacking him right down the middle. He's taken strike three looking a few times. If that's the adjustment that slows him down, that to me is a very good sign because all he has to do is start guessing at that adjustment every once in a while, and those will turn into bombs if not drives to the gap. So very, very impressed with him and runaway favorite for rookie of the year, obviously. 
Uh, Speaks, a couple of former Cubs are in the running for the home run leader this year. Uh, we talked a lot this offseason about Schwarber at 50 to 1. That's down to 18 to 1 in Philadelphia. Wow. And, and then Rizzo, he also has the same number. He's also 18 to 1 for the home run leader. Do you think both former Cubs could hang in this? Um, I put more money on Schwarber than I do Rizzo because Schwarber can hit him out of anywhere at any time on any pitch with any count. Rizzo is very smartly doing what the Yankees have dreamed of every left-handed power hitter they've ever acquired in their entire existence has been, hey, you know, maybe you could turn into Babe Ruth. Oh, and then they don't. And we know, like, history's littered with guys that fail at that. But his pull rate is higher than it's ever been. His fly ball rate is higher than it's ever been. At last look, was it eight out of nine have been pulled to the right side of his home runs at Yankee Stadium? Good for him. Maybe we should have seen that coming because he's one of those guys who's so smart and so under control with the bat. We've seen him like shorten up and go the opposite way uh, on occasion when necessary through the years. But man, he's just tailoring it to that place. But he'll only play half his games there. And that back will act up at some point, I think, unfortunately, is the reality of the situation. So I love Schwarber. Didn't realize he was 50 to one. I would have hopped on that. Yeah, we got it early, and then it, it moved. Uh, Matt, the Mets, probably off to the best start in baseball, certainly the National League. It's it's always kind of fun to clown the Mets, and things always go bad for the Mets, and they're supposed to win, and they're not supposed to win. You buying into this? Are, are the Mets for real? Oh, man, it's so fun to clown the Mets. You're so right. And, and before the year, <laughs> a buddy of mine who loves to, to bet season total win numbers, right, asked Ooh. me for my best plays. He does it every year. And my strongest plays, I gave him the Brewers over, uh, which didn't look good early, but looks pretty good now. I think they're on pace over their 95. I gave him the Tigers over, which doesn't look very good um, right now, unfortunately. Gave him the Giants over because that organization is one I just have incredible respect for. Tigers, I thought we were getting in on the bonus year, you know, the year before everything kind of comes together. But I wanted to give him the Mets under just because I felt like rooting against the modern George Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen. I felt like rooting against the excess and dude who's got his own, you know, luxury tax level. I mean, hey, screw you. But then they go out and they hire Buck Showalter, who's a terrific manager and has turned them into professionals, turned the whole thing into an adult enterprise. And, you know, the fact that the pitching has been so good and Scherzer started so bad is amazing. Um, Lindor is very much changed and seems to be back to uh, being capable of some of the stuff he used to do. Yeah, I think the Mets are absolutely for real. And we all know that they'll go out and get anything they need at the deadline if they need more. And, I mean, props for swallowing $39 million on Robinson Cano. Did you guys do the research on that? To me, I think it's the fourth biggest money swallow in the history of designation for assignment at 39 wow. million wow it's an nfl kind of thing, right these teams eat the cap stuff doesn't happen in baseball like that's a lot of money to just give yeah, away not not a pablo sandoval 48 million dollars the red sox ate on kung fu panda and there's a couple others over there. <laughs> that's a lot matt listen we appreciate hopping on we'll be listening to the podcast enjoy it and we'll be uh we'll be downloaded we'll be listening matt spiegel 670 the score and the beat the streak podcast right here on the BetQL Network. We'll come back. A lot to get into right here. BetQL Daily, Joe O, Joe G, coming up next. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.